That's good. I thought about preaching in a parka this morning, uh, but I figured that y'all may make fun of me. Uh, but I guess living in Florida for a little bit, my blood has thinned out. So if I have my hands in my pockets most of the message, it's because I'm cold right now. Um, and so I'm just going to be honest, just going to put it out there for you. Uh, but so glad that you uh, are here with us today. If this is your first time here, welcome to Greenville First. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here, and what a pleasure to have you uh, with us today. Thanks for those of you who are joining us online on our Facebook and live stream, and so we're just glad you're here. And we're picking up this morning in uh, part three of our series, Rooted. And if you're here last week, I, I touched briefly on the fact that I really don't enjoy yard work. I don't like yard work. Um, I don't even like to think about yard work. Uh, but one of the things that I have realized over the years, normally it's because I did not have the proper instruments or tools when needed uh, because of my distaste for yard work, was that depending on what, what your yard looks like, depending on what the, the needs of the plant may be, will determine the instrument necessary uh, to, to get that, that plant right, to get that plant healthy. You know, I, I think probably most of you have uh, maybe a small pair of one of these, and I don't even know how to... These are jimmies, so I don't... Oh, there you go, they do open. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a, a small pruning uh, opportunity that's needed, and so you can just go for the little... What are these, hand shears or something like that, probably? Uh, and, and so I, I need to stop while, while I'm ahead, and, and, and you don't really understand uh, how much I dislike this. Somebody suggested that I crank uh, the chainsaw this morning, but I just saw so many things that could go wrong. Uh, with, with that <laughs> picture, but you know, it, there's, there's a drastic kind of space here. There, there's a range of, of maybe some of the adjustments that are needed for plants, and sometimes you, you may just need to pull out the hand shears, but other times you may need to pull out the chainsaw. And I couldn't help when, when I was thinking about this message today, we're going to talk about the, the pruning process, uh, but depending on the state of the plant that it's in will determine the instrument that's needed uh, to, to get that plant to establish health. And, and, and I read this. There are several consequences of not conducting a regular pruning program. These include in, increased risk of failure, development of low limbs, formation of co-dominant stems, stems that will try, both try to dominate, defects such as... Uh, dead branches and obstructed views. But when properly executed, benefits can include reducing risk of branch and whole tree failure and improved appearance. Now we have all of these tools that are necessary for the pruning process, but most of us, probably even in our own physical yards, don't have a pruning program. I think the same goes for our life. That when we look at it, we have all the necessary tools to adjust, to make the proper adjustments to keep from low-lying branches and limbs to, to disease or, or, or tree failure. We have all the instruments and the tools that are necessary, but for most of us, we lack the pruning program. We lack the discipline in our lives that's, that's needed. Our, our lives can have obstructed views. There are other things that are in the way of, of, of the view of our life that can distort the views that others may see, our family may see, our spouse may see, our kids may see, our co-workers may see. For some of us, we have some dead branches in our life. There, there are things that, that we're going to talk about today that are just pulling the nutrients out of our life that aren't necessary. 
And then for some of us, we have some co-dominant stems. You may think, well, what's a co-dominant stem? Well, you, you have things in your life that are pulling in opposite directions, that are trying to, 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 to draw all the nutrients from your life. They're, they're trying to detract you from the main purpose that, that God's created you to live in. And the reality is we have the tools, but some of us need some bigger tools this morning than, than others in different areas of our life. Because there are seasons that the hand shears will do just fine, but then there's other times that we have to pull out the chainsaw. And so this morning, our, our, our text is actually going to be in the book of John, if you have your Bibles with us. And we're going to be picking up in John 15, and, and Jesus is speaking here uh, in the New Testament and um, it's probably about three quarters of the way through your Bible if you have that this morning. And we're going to be picking up in John chapter 15. And I love this passage of scripture because Jesus, you know, he, he's, he's speaking in, in metaphors here, uh, but, but he's very direct uh, in his, in his uh, articulation of this. And he says this, picking up in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it, it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word uh, remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you just for an incredible opportunity that we've already had to worship you. God, we just pray today that you would make us aware of your presence. We know that you're here in this place. So God, we ask that you would open our hearts to receive, open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear and to listen. God, that we would be changed by your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to give you a little background and understanding here. Um, and, and if you, you heard some repetition uh, in this passage of Scripture, I always think it's, it, I just think about even my, my own parents or even our parenting. A lot of times when we repeat things, it's because there's an importance. We want people to understand. When we, we talk about, I, I believe people actually have to hear things about seven times normally for them to really uh, receive what's being said. And so we, we see here in, the, in this passage of Scripture that Jesus is repeating himself. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you, you can't bear fruit without me, and if you're not bearing fruit, you're going to cut off and be burned. Uh, and so he is just being very, very uh, drastic here, but very direct. And Jesus is, is, is speaking about this vine because uh, in context here, the people of this day would have, would have fully understood exactly. The, the visual image would have been there because there was this vine, and it still actually grows today uh, in, the, in the Palestine region. But uh, in Palestine, there was this vine that just grew everywhere. And so when the moment Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches... 
people understood. They had this visual uh, of because it was in their context. It was in their language. It was, it was easy for them to understand. But this vine is, is kind of unique because it took very special and specific conditions to grow. In my research, and I, I won't get into all of it today, but uh, even to the, the fact that there were, were certain uh, spreads when they would plant the vine and the soil had to be just right and they, they couldn't allow the vines to grow too close to each other because they wouldn't be fruitful and they wouldn't grow the proper way. And several times a year, these vines would go through a pruning process. And, and uh, it, it actually says that um, the vines, until they matured right, they would just keep cutting them back and cutting them back until they were ready to bear fruit. So Jesus here is, is giving this incredible picture uh, that, that the vine is there. So people understood that out of the vine came the branches and out of the branches came fruit. But there had to be some special conditions. There had to be some pruning to take place that the fruit did, didn't just appear by accident, that there was intention. And see, the vine produces two types of branches, this specific vine. One that bears fruit and one that doesn't. And what they would do is a part of the pruning process. Any branches that weren't fruit producing, they would cut them off. Why? Because they would just drain nutrients. But Jesus was using this metaphor not to speak specifically to the vine, but really to the people that would hear not only then, but also today. Jesus was, in one regard, speaking to the Jews at the time who hadn't accepted him as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And he was clearly communicating that I am the vine and you are the branches. And the fruit of your life is going to come if you remain in me. They didn't get it. They didn't make the connection. But then in today's understanding, what we know is, is the application of this scripture. Jesus is referring to Christians who are just of a, of a professing nature, but not in practice in their nature. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you know someone that's in that. Somebody asked me, what's the greatest challenge of pastoring a church in, 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 in the Bible Belt? And I said, because Christianity is more of a social status than it is a lifestyle. Because we can profess that we're Christians. We know those people. You may even be sitting with some of them today. That, that Christianity, that, that our, our, our church affiliation is a social status for us rather than a lifestyle commitment. And all that looks like to me are a bunch of branches that don't bear fruit. And God didn't create us to be branches that don't bear fruit. God created us to bear fruit. And I believe that, that when we look at this scripture, that there's, there's so much that, that applies to us that should give us all a gut check this morning. Because it's not just for those who, and, and we may label these people as hypocritical Christians, I just believe sometimes we can get into the rhythm of our Christianity and it just becomes just something we do. It's a box we check versus somebody we are. See, God asks for, for us to abide in Him and Him in us. God wants to live inside of us. He wants to, to change the way we think, change the way we speak, change the way we act. But it takes a pruning process to get there. See, Jesus doesn't intend for us to be fruitless. But for us to bear fruit, some adjustments need to take place in our life. So, 
I have three points. These are three things this morning that we're going to look at that I think just help us in the pruning process. And maybe all three of them apply to you this morning. Maybe one of them applies to you. But I think all of us can look at this passage of Scripture and we can walk away and we can hear from the voice of Jesus that He wants us to be fruitful. That He wants us to be pruned so that we can grow in the direction and be healthy in the way He wants us to be. And number one is this. And we find this in the beginning uh, part of of verse 2, and I'll read it uh, just briefly. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Point one is this, the dead parts of your life must be cut off. The dead parts of your life must be cut off. Colossians 3, uh, starting in verse 5, says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature... I'm going to read that again. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Now it continues, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Continues on in in verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all of these such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie. All of these, this list of things that come out of our earthly, our, our, our fleshly nature. Scripture says to put it to death. There's no gray area for what this looks like. There's no, well, if you're in this situation, conditionally your life can look like this. It's very clear that we should cut off those things that are not bearing fruit in our life. For some of us, it, it, it is sinful nature. We can look at our life and we can know one, two, and three needs to go now. I don't have to even list examples for you to know the adjustments that need to take place in your life for you to bear fruit how God wants you to bear fruit. I could. I could, I, I could start listing the sin and maybe it would just prick your heart a little bit, but I, I don't know that I need to this morning. I think when we make a decision to follow Christ, there is an awareness that happens in us that we either give Jesus a certain portion, we partition our life so that he only has his portion, or we make the decision that we want to give him everything. And when we give him everything, when sin tries to take place, we know those branches have to be cut off. Why? Because it's death. It does nothing but drain life from us. But Jesus, his plan for our life is that we'd be fruitful, that we'd be full of life. See, when a branch isn't producing fruit, it is draining nutrients away from the fruit that is being produced. And so you have an option when you, when you I don't know, if you're growing trees or whatever, let's say you're growing apple trees. You can either trim back the dead branches so that the apples will be maybe sweeter or, or tart, if you like a tart apple. I don't, I don't know what type of apples there are out there, uh, but there's a r- wide range. I discovered that when we took our kids apple picking in it, like 90 degree weather. It was awful, uh, but it was a wonderful experience with my boys. But there are all types of apples, and, and if you want the apple to fulfill the, the, the prime purpose and, 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 and the, the, the texture and whatever else comes with that apple, you've got to make sure you're cutting back the things that are going to detract from it. The dead things in our life. For some of us, it's sin. For some of us, the dead branches in our life are busyness. Some of us have found our identity just in staying busy because we feel like busyness means we're being productive. 
But I'll tell you, it does not mean that at all. I've seen a lot of busy people that aren't doing much of anything with their life. We can all find things to occupy our time. There are things that are competing with our time every day. But is there fruit or is it a dead branch? Some of us have misplaced priorities in our life that are dead branches. It may be the best of intentions, but if it's not bearing fruit, Scripture says to cut it off. Why? Because God's got a purpose and a plan. He wants there to be fruit in your life. And the dead branches are taking away from the fruit that God intends for your life to produce. Some may be relationships. Some of you have some dead branches that may be the faces of people in your life. And it's time to cut them off. I know, I, I, I could point to moments in my life where I had to shift and cut relationships because they were just draining the life out of me. They weren't producing fruit. I believe that God's called us to, to be the light into darkness, and so we should have relationships with unbelievers and people who need to know about Jesus. But then there are some of those relationships that are just sucking life out of us. And if it's keeping my life from being fruitful, then it's time to cut the branches. It's time to cut it off. It's time to make some difficult decisions. Some of us, we, we, we have hobbies, and hobbies are great. I think everybody needs a hobby. Why? Because we need some time of refreshing. And when we do things that, that, that we're interested in, whether it's golf or hunting and, I don't know, cooking or hanging out with your friends, scrapbooking, whatever you may do. If you're a teenager, maybe playing Fortnite till 3 o'clock in the morning. Hobbies are great. All the parents, you understand what I'm talking about. Kids won't. Hobbies are great. But if it's not being fruitful... If it's misplacing your priorities and it's detracting your life and it's shifting your focus, cut it off. Have things in your life that are going to produce fruit. Cut off the dead parts. Number two is this. See, pruning to me is equated to discipline. And, uh, and so point two is this. Discipline makes way for harvest. Discipline makes way for harvest. The second part of verse 2, while every branch that does not uh, bear fruit, or sorry, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Discipline will pr produce more fruit in our life. It clears out the unhealthy growth. It, it clears out the young growth that, that maybe is good, but it just needs to be trimmed back so that it can mature. So that we can go to new places. We can, we can have some depth. But, but pruning and discipline, it creates health. I love this in Hebrews 12, 9-11. through 11. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. At some point. <laughs> How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I'm sure if plants had feelings... They don't enjoy the pruning process. A little snip here, a little snip there probably does not feel very good, but I don't believe plants have feelings, so if you disagree, I'm sorry. Um, 
I'm sure we can start a small group of counseling or something for you. But, you know, the pruning process doesn't feel good in the moment, but is necessary for the plant to produce fruit, to grow, to be healthy. The same goes in our own lives. I think about Cohen, who, who is, is four years old, and, and um, you'll hear a lot of stories about him because he just always creates stories for us to tell. And uh, he's got that wonderful personality. And uh, we're working with him on, this is a sidetrack, we're working with him on his nighttime prayers right now because uh, he is very patriotic, and so he prays for America. Um, but he like sings uh, God Bless America every night and then says amen at the end. And so uh, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> but there's discipline that is taking place even in his life as a four-year-old. Why? Because I know the things that we begin to teach now will produce fruit later. He may not understand in this moment that lying is a bad thing. Because he thinks it's funny and he gives a smile and hides stuff behind his back. I don't have that. But what does that turn into from 4 to 14 to 40? We have a decision to create discipline and structure in our child's life. And sometimes it's difficult. I remember the first time I had to take him into the bedroom and, 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 and discipline him. And I looked at him and I said, son, before I, 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 I spank you, before I, I, I give you, and, and we're one spanking, you know, I'm, he's four, but we have this conversation. Son, do you understand what you did wrong? Yes, sir. What did you do wrong? And until we began to talk through these things, and then we prayed, and then he was disciplined. And there were tears that were streaming down his face and about tears streaming down my face in that moment. But I hugged him and I loved him. Why? Because I knew that it was necessary for his growth and development. It hurt me. You know, now I understand when my dad uh, would discipline me as a child growing up. Son, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I, I start to understand that. I, didn't, I, I disagreed with him in those moments. I'm like, let me give this a try. <laughs> Let me let it hurt me a little more. But we understand that as we become parents and we grow that it does. It's painful for us to even discipline our children. In the same way, there needs to be discipline in our life. Sometimes God has to give us a gut check. Sometimes we need to use discipline for our lives to have some structure and some, some growth. We need to put those boundaries that sometimes are, are painful in this pruning process, but it makes way for harvest. I love what the writer of Hebrews says, later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Discipline is necessary. I want my life to be a producing of righteousness and peace. What would our life look like if we were a harvest of righteousness? See, unhealthy branches are easy to be pruned back early rather than sawed off later. See, we talk, we, we, we're starting with the difficult and we're moving to the easier process. And what I want you to understand today is it's a lot easier to prune your life than it is to cut off branches. God wants us to be pruned. That's a regular basis. That's something that's happening frequently in our life that we can, we can think about the unhealthy habits we have in our life now. Think about even things you wish had been adjusted or removed early in your life. It would have been a lot easier to remove that as a teenager, as a child, than it is as an adult. 
I mean, maybe, maybe it's just me. I wish that I'd pruned some stuff out earlier rather than having to saw stuff out later. But we justify, oh, it's just a little branch here. It's okay. It's just a little sprig here. We'll see if fruit comes from this later. And we begin to mess, and we just begin to allow this unhealthy growth. I know there, there's a saying, and I love it, that healthy things grow. But so do unhealthy things. We talked about thorns last week. Thorns can grow. Weeds can grow. But God wants fruit to grow in your life. So we have to prune to see those things take place. Think of the discipline you may lack even now. And what's necessary for you to establish it in your life. Maybe if it's spending time with God. You need to prune your bedtime back a little bit. I know when I made the shift to to do my quiet time in the mornings... I had to shift my life. I had to prune some things back. Maybe you don't need to watch 14 TV shows during the week. (laughs) Maybe you don't need to watch Fox News or CNN until 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. Maybe you don't need to to go hang out with your friends every night that's available. Maybe you don't need to occupy your time with so many things that's stretching and and pulling in so many different directions because what happens is you're, you're exhausted, and so then you crash, and then you sleep through your alarm 17 times, and you wake everybody else in the house up but yourself. And then you're rushing out the door, and you never had your quiet time. Well, Jesus, and we'll get to this in a moment, but he says, abide in me. We'll never produce the fruit that... God wants for our life if we don't abide in Him, if we don't spend time with Him, if we don't draw near to Him. So for some of us in the room, we need to adjust our, maybe our bedtime. Maybe if it's, you're, you're lacking the fruit of serving others. Jesus is the greatest servant of all. And it's because our outside priorities are keeping us from being able to do that. Maybe we need to prune some stuff back in our life so we can readjust our priorities to produce the fruit. Regardless, I think we can all look at things in our life that can be pruned, that can be adjusted. Because there's a difference between pruning and cutting, but both are necessary for growth. God desires fruit, fruit for the harvest. And we can do this by uh, point number three. It's realizing that the source will always matter. In verse four, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I love this in 1 John 3, verse 24. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know what he, that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. To produce the fruit God desires us to produce, we must stay connected to the one who produces that fruit. Orange trees will only bear orange trees. It doesn't matter if you pull an orange out and you decide to make an apple pie, it's still going to be an orange. I think sometimes we, we try and live under this mask and maybe we say, oh, well, I'm a Christian. We're really just an orange and we're trying to be an apple. Because I'm a Christian and I, if I just tell people I'm a Christian, maybe it'll change who I really am. But the source of your life is what will change who you are. We can't connect our source to other things, to an earthly, earthly desires and an earthly lifestyle and just expect our fruit 
to be godly. We can't expect our life to look like God when our source is not Him. So this morning, I do believe that we've got to cut some dead branches from our life. I do believe we have to establish some discipline in our life. But I think most importantly, we have to remember that our source will always matter. See, Jensen, our youngest, is, if you've known me for a long time, you realize that he's really spitting image of me. But just because he looks like me doesn't mean that he's going to act like me, think like me, walk like me, talk like me. But what will change that is the more time that he spends with me, the more he'll not just look like me, but he'll think like me, he'll act like me, he'll talk like me, he'll walk like me. He picks up my mannerisms. The more time I spend with him, the more my personality looks like his personality. His personality looks like my personality. See, God created us all in his image. We all look like God. But the more time we spend with him, will change how we think, change how we speak, how we live our life. Why? Because that's the... I was the source, a part of the source of Jensen's life. God was the source of all of our life. He created us in his image. But we can make a choice to be a branch that doesn't produce fruit. Or we can stay connected to the source and we can produce the fruit that God intended for our life. The more we spend time with God, the more we abide in him, the more we draw closer to him, the more we look like Him. The more our fruit, which we'll talk about next week, specifically the fruit that God calls us to produce, but the more our fruit will begin to look like our Creator, the more our life will look like our Lord and our Savior. So this morning, we've got to cut off the dead parts of our life. We have to allow pruning in our life to prepare for harvest. And we have to remember that our source will determine our fruit. Our, our, our main point today that I want, I want you just to, if you're taking notes, you can write it at the bottom, fill in the blank, whatever, however you do it. But pruning produces more fruit and brings a greater view of God's work in your life. See, if you remember the statement I read at the beginning about the pruning process, one of the benefits of pruning is better visibility. And I believe that when we prune in our life, it's not a greater, greater image of us, it's a greater image of God. Because God's desire is to live in us. And us to live in relationship with Him. And when pruning takes place, more fruit comes. And our life becomes a better reflection of God. See, He created us in His image. And for many of you, you're the best reflection of God that other people will see. So what does that reflection look like? Are you a Christian that just professes to be a Christian? Or are you one that practices on a daily basis? That your fruit is a visible example of your Creator. So this morning as we close, I just want to challenge you just to maybe take a few moments of reflection. And I think for all of us, Pruning is not a one-time 
deal. We constantly have to look at our life and say, oh, need to snip that, need to cut that, need to trim that, need to saw that branch off. For all of us, pruning has to take place. Pruning, if you're, if you're good or enjoy yard work, you know that there are multiple times, probably during the season, that you're pruning back certain branches. Why? So that when it's time for it to blossom, it's ready. When the fruit's when it's time to, to harvest, it's ready. So what does that mean for us? That we should constantly be looking at our life, saying, how can I prune? How can I grow? How can I make better decisions? How can I cut off things that are just draining my life so that I can produce the fruit that God intends? So this morning, I'm going to ask every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. If you're in here and you just say, hey, Pastor Josh, I, I, I hear what you're talking about and I've got a lot of dead branches because I've never even made a decision to follow Christ. Or maybe I have followed Christ, but today I, I, I just need to reestablish my roots in Him. My roots have been in other places, but I need God to be the source of my life. I need, I, I need my roots to be found in a relationship with Jesus. And you want to just pray a simple prayer with us here in just a moment. But if you want to make that decision just to follow Christ today, will you just do me a favor? Will you just slip your hand up? Nobody's looking but me. I just want to give you a moment just to respond, just to make a visible. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Just say, hey, it's, it's my day. There's nothing magical that happens with raising your hand. You could actually not raise your hand and still pray the prayer. And you'll mean it. But I, I just believe that there's some physical action that when you just break that barrier and say, hey, I want to I accept Christ as my Savior, something takes place. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Something takes place. Anybody else here? Awesome. Hey, let's just pray together. Can you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Let my roots be in you. Let me be in a daily relationship with you. Help me to love you. Help me to serve you. Help me to produce your fruit. Forgive me of my mistakes. Help me to cut off the dead things in my life. And let my life bring you worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give it up for the Lord for those who made a decision to follow Christ today?